Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. The Word of God says in 2 Samuel 6, chapter 12, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, they sacrificed oxen and fattened sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of a trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city, David... In the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. That's the NKJV. I like that. Leaping and whirling (laughs) before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. And David offered burned offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men and everyone, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today! uncovering himself in the eyes of the maidens and the servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all this house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. I will be even more undignified than this. And I will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. And I just want, I want to preach to you just for, for a couple minutes on a time to worship. Church, it's a time to worship. It's not a time to step back. It's not a time to see what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is wearing. It's not a time to check the score. There ain't no sports going on anyway. It's a time to worship. It's not a time uh, to, just, uh, to just mess around. It's not a time to be thinking about other things. It's a time to worship. There are, this is a moment for this church like no other moment this church has ever had. No matter how long you've been here, what church you've been, there's never been a moment quite like this since any of us have been born. It's a moment whenever the glory of God, which never departed, is made manifest in a powerful and visual way. He is here. And we are here. And He is worthy of our highest praise. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to come out of your shell a little bit. Lift your hands and say, I am glad to be in the house of God. I am glad to be moving forward in the kingdom. I am celebrating your glory, your honor, your worthy God. I'm just happy to be in your presence, God. Oh, your presence, God. Hallelujah. It's a time to worship. 
guess I'm just making the, uh, the analogy here because Michael, David's wife and the daughter of Saul, from that time forth, she was barren because she despised David in her heart. She despised the worship that went forth. Now, if you want to be spiritually full of life, if you want to thrive spiritually, you got to worship. Amen? Praise God. you got to worship. Austin, you got to worship, boy. Austin over there, he, he's trying to keep up his job as the revival starter. And nobody honked no horn at all while we were out there until finally he got a little tired. I think he hit his head on it. And next thing you know, the whole co- the, the whole congregation was lighting the place up. You know, as you know, Brother Al had like a, a, a boat horn out there. But people were, were, were responding in a genuine and heartfelt way. Amen. So do it again, Austin. Do it again. Get these people moving and worshiping the Lord because he's worthy. And sometimes you just need somebody's head to hit the steering wheel before you'll get your blessing. Sometimes you just needed somebody else to say amen. Somebody else to just step out of their place and say, I don't care what you came here for. I came here for a move of God. I ain't had a move of God quite like I do whenever I'm in his house with his people in a while. And I am here to worship him, to lift his name up. I didn't come here uh, to lift your name up or mine. I, you can despise me if you want. But I came to worship God. I came to encounter the presence of God. See, the ark had been taken away. The perverse sons of Samuel, Hophni and Phinehas, Samuel was great, yeah. For the, you know, he did kind of, you know, a little later on, like you know, he didn't, he he let them get away with stuff. Sometimes people can be really, really great, uh, man and woman of God, and then they they start to slip up. You know, whenever it comes to the next generation, they start letting things that you know they ought not let by, and not declaring it for sin that it is. Amen. You got to finish strong. You got to finish strong, leave a mark. So Hophni and Phinehas, who were the sons of Samuel, um, they were doing perverse stuff. I mean, like terrible stuff. Um, you know, that's not part of the, the message today, but they, they were. And then they decided whenever the battle came, they were just going to grab the Ark of the Covenant because it was just, you know, a toy to be used or, you know, engaged whenever you wanted to. And they brought that forward into the battle full of sin. And the, the here's the thing. The Philistines were terrified of his great name. You know that? When the children of Israel, they're going to lose this battle. They're going to get butchered. Hophni and Phinehas are both going to go down. And the Philistines are going to take the Ark of the Covenant. But the Philistines were terrified. Like they said, they said some stuff that better than what I've heard in testimony services. <laughs> they, said, they, said, they said, oh no, I've never seen nothing like this. They've brought God here on us. And we are terrified. He's going to make, they're going to make us slaves. We can't contend with God. They literally said, a God has come into camp. And then one guy makes a, 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 a defeatist last second speech and said, quit yourselves like men, act like men, um, get, get, get together. You're going to be a slave or killed by these guys. You, you, you know, stand up and fight. The enemy always stand up and fight. And then something terrible happened. See, they had a form of godliness. They had the accoutrements. They had the, uh, you know, they, they had the, the ark there, uh, but they were in sin. And they got crushed in that battle. And the Philistines took away the ark, the manifestation of the presence of God, with them. And they placed it in their own temple, their temple of Dagon. But God can't be held hostage 
Somebody need to take your liberty and say amen right there because God ain't held hostage by any man, by any sickness, by any disease. His great name will be glorified. So what happened? They come back the next morning after turning the lights out, you know, and going to bed. They come back and, and be where the ark, of the ark of the Lord here, the ark of the covenant is, Dagon has fallen straight down on his face before the ark. And so, like, did you feel like an earthquake or anything? Anything, vandal, anything happened last night? Like, no, I don't think so. That's weird. Don't want that getting out. They come back a little later, and Dagon has fallen again. Their false god has fallen down flat in the presence of the ark, and his hands and his head have been broke off. And they said, well, we don't like this. And this is a big deal. Like, for, you know, I, you, I know you've been desperately missing your history lessons, so I don't mean to leave you without. Um, during this period, um, you know, where the Assyrians, you know, their, their empire lasted, you know, over 2,000 years, just the Assyrians, and, uh, and they they kind of started, you know, breaking everybody into the into the yoke of empire. They were, you know, this wicked, wicked people that would persecute and kill and, and murder, and they were they were uh, wicked people in that region. And so, whenever they conquered Babylon, and I read this, you know, a while back, they took all the gods, and they put they they, they stole all the gods. And they put them in their house. And you'll see that actually happen with the people of Israel, too. You know, they're going to take this stuff out of the temple. They're going to take, you know, the golden cups. They're going to take all the things. and Because they, they would try and hold their God hostage. So they did that to the Babylonians. You know, they would take, you know, the different ones. And, then, and so if you act up, they've got your God hostage. And they used that as a way to keep uh, Babylon and, uh, and later, uh, you know, some of the Achaemenid Persian peoples and the people of Edom, all these people. So they, they would hold hostage their gods. Isn't that weird? What kind of God can be held hostage like that? Not our God. Next thing you know, they're like, this is getting really weird and a little bit dangerous. We're, we're a little bit bothered by it. we got to get this out of here because uh, and, and the next thing you know, a plague begins to come on them. And so they actually uh, are getting sick. They're having these cancerous tumors appear on their body. And, you know, there's all these horrible things. It's like, like a small-scale plague of Egypt is going on in the, Philistine, in the nation of the Philistines. And, like, the reason why is because we got their God. And right now I don't feel like we got their God. It feels like their God has got us, and we won't want no part of it. What can we do against, against this? So they actually made golden tumors that were like the ones they had on their body. And they made uh, golden rats and then tried to use those, you know, as kind of a, to placate God, you know, and give them, and said, we, well, we got to get it out. We got to get it back into Israel or else, you know, this is going to, he's going to tear us up from the inside out. The ark of the Lord had been taken. And I begin to think about that, how the, these people have taken the ark of the Lord and how much work they undid, Hophni and Phinehas and the people of, of you know, Israel, how much work they undid to glorify his name. Because the Philistines walked into that with great fear and trembling. And they said to, the, they said to each other, isn't this the God of, of the, the Jericho walls deal? Like the Egypt deal? 
Isn't this the one that, you know, that, that, that has caused his people to triumph? Isn't this the one um, you know, who, uh, you know, who, is, who, who is dangerous, this one who is mighty, this one who is not just the God of the, uh, of the mountains and hills, he's the God of the valleys too. Isn't this, this the very one um, who, who has caused all these things, these miracles? Isn't this the one that parted the Red Sea? Isn't he the one that was there in the midst of trouble and tribulation? Isn't he the one who split the Jordan wide open and caused the walls of Jericho to fall and established his people and his promise no matter how strong the enemy isn't this that same God and they brought forward the ark and they were trembling but because of an what I will call an uncertain sound because of uh, of a people who were not righteous oh the work that they did to undermine God's great name our church let us never undermine the glory of God there's a lot of ways you can do that In 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about you know, the gifts of the Spirit and the, the powerful you know, manifestation of God. And, and, there's a, uh, you know, and it has to be done decently and in order according to the Word, right? And that's, that is, you know, that's what we do. That's what we, we try to do and, and pursue that relationship with God and that Pentecostal experience where uh, the Holy Spirit is free to move how He wants to and then we, we abide by His guidelines. Amen? And we use, you know, we use sense and doctrine uh, you know, to, to see that manifested. And because the Bible gives us some warnings in 1 Corinthians 14 to say, um, you got to watch out for an uncertain sound. Because if an uncertain sound, you know, like confusion ensues, then, uh, th- then people will not understand. And next thing you know, there's a problem, there's an issue. Um, and people don't know whether to go here or to go there. They don't know uh, to go to war or not to go to war uh, because of an uncertain sound. Let me tell you, uh, there's a lot of ways we can give an uncertain sound. Let me preach to you a minute. We can't shout like a saint one day and then live like a sinner the next. We can't walk both ways. We can't have a split personality and just show up to church and then have one relationship with God and then leave and have another relationship with God or not at all. We've got to walk rightly. We've got to walk honestly. I never said I was perfect. I know you're not perfect. But we have got to be honest and perfect and serve God with our whole heart. Amen? And continue down that path of sanctification that he has set us on. Being conformed to the word of God. See, nothing does so much spiritual damage as an uncertain sound. They, they taught the Philistines and the people of the whole world a terrible lesson. That you could walk into that battle with the Ark of the Covenant and maybe God failed. Because not everybody knew Hophni and Phinehas did what they did. So they blamed it on God. See, by, by calling yourself a Christian and treating people wrong, you can make him look like he's somebody he ain't. And what an uncertain sound that is. Amen. We've got to, we've got to glorify him who has called us. We've got to walk rightly before. We don't want to cause an uncertain sound. God must be proved and not made to look false. See, this, this sin and going forward like they did, it cost them the Ark of the Covenant, but God proved himself. In the end, God's not good because I act right or because I do well. He's God because he's God. And any good that I can do, any right that I can act is because of his power, because he is helping, because he gives me the strength to do the things I need to do. God had humbled the enemy in the sight of his people. God won't be held hostage 
wouldn't be held hostage then, right? He wouldn't be held hostage in the temple of Dagon. And he won't be held hostage by empty religion and the opinions of people can't hold him hostage. He will do. Steve, what's your favorite verse? He is the Lord and he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. He is God. Amen. Mine, mine being similar in Psalm 136 and 6. Whatever the Lord pleases to do in heaven and earth, in the seas, in all deep places. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. Amen. You can't stop God. Praise God. See, the manifest glory of the Lord is too much. And, and, and I got a word for you here if you're discouraged. If you are, uh, if you're hurting, if you came here with a need and you didn't just come here to worship, you came here because you needed help from God, I got a word for you. I don't care what you put in the presence of God. It cannot stand in his presence. bring him in the presence of a false god or false idol, it cannot stand up for long in his presence. And you got fear and you got anxiety. And that's all right, but you get it in the presence of God for very long. It does not matter how deeply that is rooted and gripped in your heart. It does not matter because if you stay in the presence of God and you pursue after God with all your heart and you put those problems in His presence, one of those two must give up. One of those two must give obeisance to the other one. One is stronger. And let me tell you, you can put any kind of sin, any kind of problem or malfunction in yourself, any issue that you have, any fear, put it in the presence of God and you leave it there long enough, something's got to give. Philistines learn that. You can put your strongest God, you can put Dagon himself in it, but it cannot stand. What did you come here today with? What did you bring into the presence of God that has come against you? That is an enemy. That is, that, that is counter to what God has for your life. Did you come here with a lust issue? Did you come here with, a, with, with bitterness in your heart? An addiction of some kind. And it seems to be able to stand up and nothing can move it. Because it has lordship over part of your life. There is a way. There is a path. There is a remedy. For your brokenness, for your fear, for your, uh, for, for your sin, your, the addiction that you may have, there is a remedy. And that is to be in the presence of God and to let him do what he does, to seek him. Because no matter what it is, no matter what it is, no, depression cannot stand in the presence of the enemy, in the presence of the Lord for very long. Depression can't stay there. Sickness and fear cannot continue to stand in the presence of God. Amen. Bitterness and hatred cannot stand. The hurt cannot stand for very long. The sin, the, the bondage cannot stand for very long in the presence of God. One of them must give way to the other. And I've never seen my God fail. He's broken stronger curses on the cross. He has come against greater things. He has sent armies and divided them in sunder. He has caused all kinds of miracles to come forth by the declaration of his word. And those who believe in faith, he has caused mountains to move and seas to empty. He has caused things to come out of fish, money to come out of fish's mouth when somebody came in broke. Amen? What can God not do? 
put your problem in the presence of God and stay there until there is a resolution. Some of you need to come into an altar of prayer and bring your brokenness there long enough to see who is the master. Because no matter how weak you think you are, no matter how strong you think your sin is, let God be true and every man a liar. Every sin be broken. Every bit of bondage be broken in the name of Jesus. The manifest glory of the Lord is too much. Lastly, the ark was coming back. The ark of the Lord was coming back. They looked and they turned their eyes. You remember that song I heard when I was growing up? I see the ark coming up the road. You remember that that old song? I see the ark coming up the road. The glory, the spirit of the Lord is finally coming home. I see the ark coming up the road. I remember that song. And that was that was a little bit in the back of my mind as I prepared and just worship the Lord and thought about him this morning I feel the presence of God a manifestation of his power and his plan moving forward I feel it coming I feel I don't know about you but I feel revival coming to this place to this body of believers to this church I feel the kingdom moving forward in the name of Jesus the enemy has done what he can and now it's God's turn Darian was so passionate about building up our bus ministry and going, Brother Josh, and going forward into the, into the community. And before we could even get, get off the ground at all, you know, we weren't allowed to go outside. We were even talking about a building program, different ministries coming forward. But it's God's turn. Amen. Amen. I feel that the enemy has come against the kingdom, come against this body and so many others. But God has and will continue to see us through. And I can just feel the presence of God coming down the road. I feel a move of God coming down. I was talking to Brother Steve about that pipeline, about how, you know, how the sales work sometimes. Like you got a deal and you, it's not here yet, but you're working on it for a while. And then finally, you know, uh, you know if, if everything goes right, then you know, it's in your pipeline. And finally it gets here. And then, you know, the Lord willing, as a sales guy, you get paid on the commission. I feel something in the spiritual pipeline of this church. I feel a move of God. I feel a manifestation of God's power and his authority and his presence. And it's going to be great and it's going to be greater than anything that you have expected or seen or believed. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. And it's time to be about his business. Hallelujah. David wasn't indecent. Basically what he did was the equivalent of taking off his jacket. He still had his, his, his clothes on, his ephod. He, 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 but he didn't do what a king looked like they should do. He didn't do what, you know, what, what a church person should ought to do. You know, they should be, you know, just dignified and, you know, prideful and arrogant and aloof. You like that word, aloof? That just means kind of stand up and apart. Uh, he didn't do that. He felt God. And he realized that God was moving. God had showed up and, and his glory was coming back. And he began to worship decently. There's a difference between decency and dignity. Amen. One that Michael didn't understand. And it wasn't the decency that bothered Michael. It was the dignity. But I'm telling you, church, it's a time to worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, David wasn't looking for attention. He wasn't looking for, uh, he, he wasn't just looking to, to, to put focus on himself. He was celebrating the faithfulness, the goodness, and the presence of God. 
there are only two reactions when you see God move. You either love it or you hate it. You either care about it and you, you want to engage in it, you, you, you celebrate it, or you disdain it and you come against it. God is going to move. God's going to move. Amen. And we and we can either we can either celebrate and take part in what God has for us, or we can get run over by it. But God will have his glory one way or the other. Amen. I came here to worship the Lord. I want to take a few minutes before we dismiss and give God some praise. Give him the glory and the honor that he is worthy of. Let's stand.